Hey everyone, and welcome to the Practica Podcast, where we encourage the practical application of the pulpit ministry in the local church. My name is Josh Loftus, and I'm here with my co-host in arms, David Lawler. Hello. I said that right. <laughs> uh, yes, not you did. lawyer. Yeah. Not lawyer. No. Nope. Lawler. Lawler. Norwegian. Well, it's yeah. not actually Norwegian, is nope. it? It's it's a what? Well, well, is it Welsh? It's Irish. It's Irish. Yeah. My off. mom's big name is Jensen. Lawler. Yeah. So, <laughs> so Jensen is the is the Norwegian. Ah, uh, there we go. Yes. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. How you doing, man? Good. Doing good. Good. I'm. I'm enjoying preaching through John. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's been really good. So it's it's great been book. cool to talk about these these verses and um yeah and have these conversations. This is mm-hmm. this is enjoyable and I'm I'm hopeful even as people um the people of Redeemer um as they interact with us around these things that we can keep having valuable conversations on practical application and and even get to laugh more and get to know each other more so it's been, yeah. been good yeah 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 podcast i mean leave it to us i don't know if podcasts are still i don't know if they're still in vogue right but leave it to us to like utilize a possibly dying dying <laughs> method of communication right but but it's fun it is fun it's and it's and like you said it's good discussion um it's enjoyable well and if you think about it like if i took every person's question at redeemer and i spent time with them either on the lord's day or during the week um which i i really do want to i i in fact i wish more people um at redeemer would reach out to me with their questions or their thoughts i think i get a little bit fiery and passionate in the pulpit so people maybe think i might be too aggressive in response lord willing um uh, i come across gracious enough to receive questions because i value them a lot he's just a he's just a short bald teddy bear everybody that's, that's all it is. <laughs> yeah you you argue with me all the time i and, do i do and i, I, do. I concede yeah. to losing some of those you know some <laughs> some it, it depends on the conversation Most. yeah okay fine <laughs> <laughs> but i think I, I i value when people bring questions so yeah absolutely i, I think this is a a helpful even if it's a dying means uh, it's a helpful means to to gather all those so hopefully people will keep asking questions and we can answer as many as we can and, and help um if someone is going hey i'm trying to think through how would i apply this right you know it may not be a question it may just be in sharing thoughts and so yeah well and i can definitely echo that that off i mean obviously i'm not I'm not a pastor at Redeemer. Um, whoever's listening to this, go to your pastors first, right? We always <laughs> encourage that you go to your local church pastor, but yeah. we do enjoy interacting with people, whether they be at Redeemer, whether you are at a local church abroad, wherever you're listening to this, maybe right. you're in Ireland and you're like, hey, I know some lawlers, right? <laughs> uh, reach out to us, right? We enjoy interacting with uh, listeners. We enjoy answering questions. We enjoy continuing conversations and just, just in general, encouraging each other in the practical application of scripture. That's what the podcast is for. And we enjoy doing that hundred percent. Right? Amen. So, all right, man, well, we're going to hop in. Um, yeah. Last Lord's Day, you preached First John chapter one verses eight through ten, wrapping up right first chapter. First chapter done. Look at you. Yeah, I know. Wow. It only took you four weeks, <laughs> three weeks, and four still, weeks. yeah, 
and still somebody joked in fact and yeah. uh, when we first started and they're like uh, you know how many months will it take us to get through the first chapter right i was like i think we'll cruise through it pretty quickly and then i got covid and double pneumonia and then it took mm-hmm. us three months <laughs> slacker so one way or another slacker. the lord's like it will take you months that's right that's right yeah. well i mean i mean here's the thing you could have gone like full like macarthur or full piper and like basically every Lord's Day is just half a verse, right? <laughs> and we could be, you know, six months in chapter one. So we could, yeah, we could. I feel like it's still going to take me. I feel like this is the shortest part, and it will like next next uh, exposition is just two verses. Yeah. I feel like we got the. It, it definitely starts to ramp up. Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah, it it does. really does. So yeah. I mean, of course, we could have done more, but I think we we focused on it in the right ways that were necessary. Yep. 100%, 100%. So, verses 8 through 10. Verses 8 through 10. Read it to us, Josh. This is what they say. This is what John says. Yeah, yeah excuse me. Yeah, yeah, this is what John says. What did I say? <laughs> they say. Oh, they say? Oh, no, <laughs> yeah. no, 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 no. He defines as a him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's definitely John. Um, this is what John says, Verse starting verse 8. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Oof. Yeah. I thought last week was, or last episode was heavy. Yeah. This, and, this, and, is, this is thick, man. And this is the harder one yeah. because last week ended on... Um, the it gave blood us some hope. of Christ, yeah, yeah cleansing yeah, yeah. us. We ended great, crescendo, yeah. right? There's, Everything's there's a awesome. little sliver of hope in the middle, <laughs> but there are some very serious things. And I think when John begins, he's, you know, back in verse six, he started his, if we say. Right. And I, I mentioned in an earlier podcast um, that, you know, this is really John's series of statements that are, um, you know, if we say, what these false teachers are saying. It's right. this constant using their language. And then John will get over to a, a, a hopeful or a, an encouraging point, a bit of an exhortation to the church and saying, but you know, um, but instead if we do this. And mm-hmm. so he's giving a rebuttal and then he's giving a, a counter um, with an encouragement on the Christian life. Yep. And so yep. the, the first thing he gets into um, is the guilt of sin. Mm-hmm. Um, which, you know, our, in our outline, we had really looked at that we must know we are guilty um, by nature and that so that we may confess our sin and believe in the truth. That was really right. our outline in the text. And so the first thing we looked at was that uh, we're, we're guilty by nature, which mm-hmm. we was looking at the doctrine of original sin. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. And I think we were talking a little bit off air, but I think... There's a, I don't know if it's a movement so much as an underlying uh, society, (laughs) if you want to call it that, um, where the doctrine of original sin is not a doctrine that is accepted in all, uh, I don't know if denominations is the right word, but all, but all, um, all pockets of Christendom, right? There's some individuals who will deny the doctrine of original sin. Yeah. Right? And I think that's, I think there are some great practical consequences that happen when we deny that doctrine. Um, 
why don't we focus on those a little bit and then we will sure. we'll continue on through you know nine and ten but but David what are some of the consequences that you see some of the practical things that will happen um, when we deny the doctrine of original sin and and why we as Christians should be approving and living out as if we believe in that doctrine sure um, well one of the most I think concerning things John says himself is that we deceive ourselves if we say we have no sin. Mm-hmm. Um, to say we have no sin is to deny original sin, and and I think one of the one of the things we see when within movements today who would deny the doctrine of original sin is you begin to downplay your dependence upon God. Mm. You really see yourself in a in a put together view which i think is very damning to the person you think of the child who who has a father that's fallen and maybe is still you know he he has sin in his life but the child all his life has viewed him as as this great superhero dad and then there comes that one day where his earth is shattered and he realizes wow dad's kind of just messed up as i am yeah. and he's got problems that's a really that's a hard thing to grapple with and so to do that with ourselves and think that, you know, movements that would promote that, you know, you're you're kinda you're kinda stained by sin. You're a little bit affected by it. Right. Um but, but, but people people are people are basically good. Right. Yeah. Right? That they're yeah. basically good. Yeah. Um and I think what's hard is, you know, I think we see newer language today, mm-hmm. but this is obviously not a new phenomenon. Sure. Yeah. Um, which I think is another thing that Christians need to be aware of. I mean, I think w- one of the things that, that the first chapter of First John makes us aware is how much we need to know church history. Mm. And I don't think we need to get into the depth of every single Christian better have a five volume set, you know, something on their shelves. But like, right. Um, what's the Ligonier teaching fellow who does some fantastic church history? Um, uh, why am I blanking oh, on his uh, name? Stephen Nichols. Uh, Stephen Nichols does some good ones. Robert but Godfrey. Thank you, Robert yeah, Godfrey. Go. I'm just listing off all yeah, of the <laughs> yeah second second times a charm many, today. Yeah, yeah. How many how many Ligonier guys can I name <laughs> off? It's like a game. Exactly. I think. <laughs> I think, um, you know, to just be able to watch some of that content on Ligonier's uh, resources or or read an article from them, you know, our founder's website has some really good ones. I think that 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 is a, a thing that's become really critical today because what John is dealing with is dealt with all throughout church history. Mm-hmm. In fact, where the more reformed thinking is developed um, in church history around original sin is in part by um, Augustine's interactions with Pelagius, mm. which Pelagius was someone who is denying original sin. And even what's known as semi-Pelagianism is really the thought of, well, man is basically good. That like that the, the sin of Adam maybe gave us an inclination towards sin, but it did not cause us to then become sinners um and so again i think what you see today that becomes really damning and as a as a very terrible consequence of departing from original sin is an elevation of man 
and a and a de elevating where God should be in yeah. our minds uh, to where to where He is lesser. So we almost right. think of ourselves as helping God save ourselves if we are denying uh, original sin. That's a really dangerous kind of thing. You see, I, I think in fact some of the things you see in the church today are are kind of an approach of we decide then. Um, that approach of, you know, that old song, I have decided to follow Jesus. And truly there is a a genuine response in a Christian by the mighty hand of God saving them. Yeah. Um, but I think when we deny the reality that Scripture teaches uh, that we have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, yeah, uh, then we can kind of begin to elevate ourselves in a wrongful way. So interesting point on that song. Yeah. That I don't know if you're aware. I just found this out like a couple months ago. That song, because I've always used that song in the context that that we just did, right? As kind of this Arminian song uh, that 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 describes my decision to accept Christ as Savior, right? That's not the context the song was written in. Really? I actually found this out. This is super interesting because I always thought that. The person wrote that song about martyrdom, mm. that they were placed in a position to deny Christ and live or follow Christ and die. And that song was birthed out of that. I've decided wow. to follow Jesus. So dang, interesting, interesting yeah. piece Learned of history that new. I never knew about before. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, you mentioned that song, and that just popped into my head. I, yeah. I thought it was an interesting thing. No, but, that's but, incredible. But, but to, uh, to, to piggyback on what you were saying, you were talking about uh, Pelagianism, right? And this idea, which is 100% correct, that we have in a lot of church culture today that, you know, you have to accept Christ, something that, you know, he needs your permission to do, right? One of the... Uh, the students, if you will, obviously much later of Pelagius was a guy named Charles Finney, mm-hmm. right? Which is Charles Finney is where we really see kind of the popularization of the sinner's prayer, right? We've all heard this, that you need to accept Jesus into your heart, right? He's at the door of your heart knocking. Uh, you just need to let him in, right? You need to, uh, you know, he's 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 waiting for permission to, to come in and change your life. Jesus is a gentleman. He'll never force himself on anybody, right? This kind of stuff. And <laughs> yeah. um, we really see, I think, some of the effects that that has practically worked out. That theology has practically worked out in the church today. Right. And it's a culture where people do not understand one i think overarchingly the the sovereignty of god in salvation and how in control god actually is of every aspect of salvation but also like you were saying it creates this mentality in god's people that we somehow have something to contribute, right? And then you get into the whole like, well, you know, God looked down the corridors of time to see who would choose him and who would be the most effective for the kingdom, and he he decided to base his election off of that, right? And and it's a very elevated. It 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 places us as the creation on a very on a very um, elevated position, right? Right. 
And that's not at all what scripture says. Yeah. Right? So when we deny original sin, practically that is going to that is going to have some major, major ramifications on how we live. Now on the reverse of that, understanding that original sin is real and that none of us are righteous, no not one. The heart is deceitful above all else, no one can understand it, right? Understanding these things is going to have a very practical way in the way that we live as well. Right. And I think it's going to be much more biblical and much more in line with scripture. Right. When, I, so no, 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 no. Go for it. Go for it. I, I yeah, was yeah. just going to say, I think too, something that's really important for Christians to understand is that historically, while there were heretics, those who were going outside um, Orthodox Christian thought yeah. and were denying things of scripture itself, um, while there were always heretics throughout history, this wasn't a Calvinistic Arminian fight. Mm-hmm. Um, historically, right. Calvinists and Arminians, Wesleyans, did not um, fight on the basic belief of original sin and right. and the reality of depravity in in human beings. And and in fact, one of my favorite quotes when I preached on Ephesians two. The reality that we were dead in our trespasses and sins mm-hmm. before God made us alive in Christ. I had quoted Jacobus Arminius, um, which I always find is a fascinating quote because on that point, Arminius says, In this fallen state, the free will of man towards the true good is not only wounded, maimed, infirmed, bent, or weakened, but it is also imprisoned, destroyed, and lost. And its powers are not only debilitated and useless unless they be assisted by grace, but it has no powers whatsoever except such as are brought about by divine grace. Which is very ironic considering the debate he had with Luther (laughs) (laughs) over literally that, right? But, But it shows how close, even in that debate how close they were. Right. And they are disagreeing. Right? We, we Oh, 100%. Yeah, we're yeah, not yeah, naive yeah. to think that that's the exact same as the as the reformed explanation. Right. Um right. but I think again, but it's that, a lot closer than Pelagianism. <laughs> and <laughs> that's be, my let's point. Let's be fair, yeah. That's my point yeah. is that I think it's re- it becomes really important to understand that um in that quote um, Arminius is not denying original sin. He's not right. denying the effects of sin in the human nature. Yeah, yeah and yeah. that's what becomes really important that John is is dealing with directly in the text. Right, is that we cannot say uh, that we have no sin. That's not something that we can claim because if we save that, as he says, then we are deceiving ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Yep. Yep. And and really, we know from the truth of God's word, it is clear from Genesis to Revelation, until Christ returns and we have glorified bodies as believers in Christ, mm-hmm. we are going to deal with the reality of sin. Yeah. And right. so that becomes right. an important doctrine that we must know in order to have the glorious truth of the gospel, we have to have the bad news right. that we're guilty in sin. Right. Well, because that's going to affect how you evangelize, right? Right. Right. If you're... the it's much you're going to evangelize very differently depending on whether or not you think that person has the capability to accept Jesus or not you're going to argue very differently you're going to present the gospel very differently right right you're going to appeal to very different things right yeah. so it has very practical effects right and and implications right yeah. um also 
I think it is important, you know, going into verse nine, that if we understand this concept of original sin, the concept of confessing sin is one that I think is often neglected in churches today because yeah. it sounds very Catholic, right? It sounds very, oh, you know, you know, I'm going to confession, right? I'm going to my confession booth. I'm going to get all the sins I can think of out. Boom, I'm good for another week, right? right? And I'm going to... I'm going to scourge the back with, you know, however many whips I can take and boom, I'm fine. I'm fine right now, right? But the concept of confessing sin and being being a confessor of sin when sin occurs, it's very biblical and it's very healthy. Right. Right? And and it says it says right there in verse 9, if we confess our sins, he, speaking of Christ, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's the little bit of hope that we are talking about in the middle of this passage. Yeah. But what a comforting verse. Yeah. In that your sin, God isn't going to smite you because of it. He's not going to damn you to hell because of it. But because of Jesus Christ, he says, he says, give it to me. Confess it to me. Right. Show me where you lack. Yeah. And Christ will make you new yet again. Right? Yeah. Such a wonderful verse, man. And I think it's very, very practical for us. Like confession of sin should be something that we are doing on a daily basis. Yeah, I think speaking of the, this in light of a of a practical thought, I, I think, you know, when I look back at the times where I've experienced confession of another brother or sister in Christ, or even own times, my own times of, of confessing sin mm-hmm. to others, it's not in that um in that typical kind of like uh just a confession group, right? Like there tends to be which I understand there are, there are really good moments of, of having groups for accountability. Um, young men that are unmarried tend to really value those. And I think as so far as yeah. they are biblical in practice and not, not like a Catholic approach of I've sinned and I've already done it. So right. I'm just going to feel good about telling you, but an actual like coming together and saying, hey, I'm confessing my sin. Yeah. Because I feel the weight of it. I feel the guilt of it. Right. And I don't want to walk in that anymore. I think that's the true kind of confession. And where I've seen that is, is like I said, not so much in like particular groups, but in relationship with those I'm in fellowship with that mm-hmm. I'm walking daily or, or weekly with. And I'm sitting with particularly those brothers. So guy to guy. And, and we're actually getting to the heart of true fellowship. You mentioned that, I think in one of the last podcasts, you know, that it wasn't just like, Oh, how are you doing? Oh, it's kind of rough week, but it's going good. Not just going through the motions, but truly saying, I genuinely have been wrestling with such and such, such and such. And I think what, um, what James five tells us and what John is telling us here, that we confess it to the Lord and we confess these things to one another. I think it's really important that we understand that we are to 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 lean on one another, but we're dependent upon God. We're we're not dependent upon others, and I think to look to one another and 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 put all that on someone um, is not going to be helpful if we're not going to God with our confession. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, hundred percent. It, it has to start there, right? I was, right. I think it's in the psalmist, you know, against you and you alone, O Lord, have I sinned. Right, right, right. So, so we need to understand that when we sin, the ultimate offense is against God. Right, right, because He is the standard of holiness. He's the one that we have transgressed against. Right, right. But when it comes to confession, right, 
the 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 admission of that sin, the confession that this is wrong and against God's law, a confession that God's law is better and the standard, right? And and the the best way to live, the only way to live, right? That's part of that confession. That happens ultimately first and foremost to God, for sure, right? But also, like you were saying, it happens in community. Yeah. We need those people around us. Right. Right? With confession comes community. With community comes accountability, right? With accountability comes encouragement, right? Again, we're back to the local church. Right. We're back to our brothers and sisters, right? Like, this is the context in which this type of confession is to be manifest, is to be is to be worked out practically, right? Right. Um, it's because we we have our brothers and sisters around us, and one of those reasons they are around us that God has put them in our lives is to be the recipients of those confessions, and then they are able to better understand where we are, better understand how to help us, how to walk alongside us in this Christian life. Yeah. Right? Amen. Like that's, that's, that's one of the great benefits of confession. Right. Um, and it's important that that confession of sin happens quickly. Yeah. Right. I always find it incredible that James in James five, he talks about how, um, we confess our sin to the Lord and we are forgiven in that genuine confession. Mm-hmm. But, but when we confess it to one another, we're healed. Mm. That there's yeah. healing in the midst of confessing sin Absolutely. to one another. Restoration. And, right, yeah. yeah. And, I, and I think that's a really incredible picture you know that John is saying, "Listen, if we are if we are those who repent of the sin, we we are not denying that we are sinners by nature. But if we confess our sin, both and I think this is an important point, both unto salvation and continuing in sanctification in the yes. Christian life, yes. growing in holiness, we it has continue. to be both. It has to be both. It's not one and done, right? Because." You know, as as John is going to address, you don't just confess of your sin, you're saved, and then you're perfect. Right. That's why in verse ten, John says, "If we say we have not sinned, we make him, we make God a liar, and His mm-hmm. word is not in us." Right. Um. Right. And I, I don't know if I'm jumping ahead, but really, that again, that is another false teaching that from John's day to today, it's alive and well, and mm-hmm. that is the belief that we can be perfectly sinless. In the Christian life, right? Um, I, you know, <clears throat> I don't know that John Wesley ever, um, like, literally held to this, but he really did write on the idea of perfect sanctification, and some really have taken that further. Um, and again, it was John Wesley's writing. I've heard a few Wesleyans try to deny that. That oh no, he didn't believe in you know sinless perfection, but he did write to an extent of really believing that you get to an age of of being sinless and being perfectly right. sanctified. Right. Yeah, yeah. But that's not possible. No. We're going to no. we're going to no, wrestle not. till our our well, dying days. Well, 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 here's the thing. If that was possible, why is the mediation of Christ necessary? Right. Yeah, right? great point. If that was possible, why aren't we just taken up into heaven the minute we accept Jesus? Yeah. Right? Like if if we are spot in in entirety, right? We don't. We no longer struggle with sin. We no longer. Uh, we no longer struggle with the old man. If we're perfect, why are we commanded to follow the precepts in Scripture? Right, right. Like they're there for a reason. Yeah, 
right? That's that guardrail, that standard, yeah, has not been abolished, right? It's been fulfilled, yeah. Doesn't mean it went away, right? The psalmist, right? the psalmist doesn't say, "I've hidden your word in my heart that I will never again sin against you." <laughs> he says that I might not, and that point yes. is really clear. Yeah. And I, I think you know, I mean, again, there are those, um, in our own area. Um, that believe in such things as sinless perfection. But it really is, that is to deny the reality um, of both original sin and, 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 and the issue of sin of the flesh that, you know, again, Paul deals very honestly about that yeah. um, in his own life. Yep. Um, I do have to say, I got, you know, I was trying to convey, you know, the the issue of original, uh, both original sin, but also sinless perfectionism. Mm-hmm. And I had shared on Sunday about a situation. I don't know how true the story is, but it was it illustrated the point that Spurgeon had someone, Charles Spurgeon had someone come to him and claim they were a sinless perfectionist. Sure, and sure, yeah. There yeah. was no sin. And so, of course, in Spurgeon's way, he invited the man back to his home and they had dinner. Yeah. And after the man made his claim, Spurgeon got up, picked up his glass of water, and he threw it in the guy's face. And after throwing it in his face, and this guy starts causing a scene and speaking in a foul language, got really angry, and Spurgeon just replied to him, you know, in the way that he would, that, you know, oh, okay, you see, the the old man within is not as dead as you claim, and I've simply revived him with a glass of water. Dude. (laughs) What Which an is amazing. Yeah. What an amazing I wish, Spurgeon quote. I wish I had the thoughts that Spurgeon did to good respond. Gracious, dude. That, that, but, oh, man. But it's good. true. Like some, some claim that the old man within is dead, but yeah. he's, but he's not as dead as some may claim. And I think throughout the Christian life, the closer we get to Christ, there are, there are sins that be, become more tamed. Yeah, but sure. but I but we are never without the battle of sin no. and wrestling no. with it in this life. No. And I think the I think the moment we go, well, I don't wrestle with it anymore. Well, now you're dealing with pride. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. It's and not so, that you're so sanctified. It's yeah. you're blind. <laughs> and so I think you know. Again, if ever there's a time where we think, well, I don't, you know, I don't really wrestle with sin, and you know, I'm and 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 those who might even say, well, I've gotten to a point of I, I'm just kind of a good person. You know, you're really you're really getting into some of the issues where John is saying, if you really believe that, and especially when he talks in verse 10, if we say we've not sinned, if we're not sinning, then we actually make God a liar because as you brought up the mediation of Christ, mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're almost speaking a type of blasphemy because what we're saying is we don't need the gospel. God was a liar when he said he needed to send his son to a fallen world. Right. And I, I think that is a really critical point, which is why in the very next chapter, the, the exposition that I'll get to this Sunday, John is almost breaking from that point and saying, now my little children, I want you to know that if you do sin, here's here's what you have, and not just what you have, but who. We have an advocate with the Father right. who is Jesus Christ the righteous. Yep. And so... I think a difficult thing for some is they feel the weight of that sin. They become so consumed by it. And and I know I've I've come across people who they're so consumed by it and and because they they do not have the gospel in their mind and in their heart, the problem then is they walk away from that that guilt and shame and they actually remain in it in a numbed state. Mm-hmm. And John is saying, don't say you you have not sinned or you have no sin. No, admit these things before the Lord. 
because he is just and faithful to forgive us. And I think that's why, as we'll find, John John uh, will take us into the realization of Christ and who he is and what he's done. And so I think a practical application in this exposition is really to to understand and be honest about our sin. You know, the psalmist says in Psalm 139, search me, O God, know my heart. Yep. Those are terrifying things, but they are yeah. important. And I think to go to one another and say, is there sin that you see in my life? I don't think we should openly go to every single person, um, but I think to go to close brothers and sisters and say, would you hold me accountable, not to your standard, but to God? Yeah. Would you help me to walk in light as he is in the light? Yep. I think those are some important practical applications. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, <laughs> I can't. Yeah. It's not something I can top. You're just speechless. I'm, I am so... I was so enthralled <laughs> with that incredible explanation, <laughs> that display of wordsmithing, just just the just the oratory excellence. Oh man, man, I, I was just I've see moved. now I don't know I'm what moved. to do with that. That was that was it, uncomfortable. It, it moved me, Bob. It moved me. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Well, hopefully. Uh, those listening can really uh, think on these things and and be encouraged by them. That's right. R- really, that not to be overcome by the reality of sin, but but really be pointed to the reality of Christ and the and the gospel. I think that's, that's right. why you know every week we need to be preached the gospel. Absolutely, because we forget it every week. Yep. Yep. So yeah, it's also a good reason to take the Lord's Supper every week. Mm. Mm. I hear you. Sorry. I hear you. Sorry. I'm not against it. Let me just throw and that to out take there. it with wine. And to take it with wine, I yes, that's because a, that's what yeah. Jesus commanded. Yeah, exactly. Hundred percent serious. I'm a yeah. big, I'm a big advocate of Lord's Supper every week. I love <laughs> it being the focal point of the service. Yeah, I think, I think, I, my longing is to see us get there at Redeemer, not to go off and do a distracted. Oh point, no, no, but no, my not. favorite answer when people are like, "But, but, wouldn't that just be, uh, you know, wouldn't it just become?" Uh, routine and we mm. would lose the you know like the sure. value of it and the and the wonderful experience I would say well isn't that true of sinners with everything that if we just get into a routine and sure. we don't think on that I mean we we do that with preaching we do that with singing we do that with anything yeah, yeah. my 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 response is is if it gets to the point to where being reminded of the gospel in a in I would say the most tangible way that Jesus had has given us. If it gets to the point where that becomes routine and mundane, it is either an issue of the hearer or the preacher. Mm. See, that's my that, two cents. That's a fantastic conclusion. Well, there we yeah. go. There we go. So, Lord willing, we will get to a weekly. Uh, I did not mean to open that can of worms. I just literally popped in my head. I'm like, no, oh yeah, that, like that's that's it's uh, good. It's yeah. there. It's, it's a it's a it's a hope and a and an eventual point. And I think again, it it is a way. You know, as we took when when I preached this exposition, yeah, last week we had take we had taken the Lord's Supper, and it was a great reminder uh, of why when we confess our sin, oh yeah, 100%. that we've been able to come before the Lord in genuine repentance because he is faithful and just. I I love the reminder every week. I need the reminder every week. Right. I need the sacraments of the Lord every week. Yeah. Like I need that body broken and that blood spilt. I need it every week. Yeah. Right. Amen. So friends, 
family, we appreciate you guys listening. Uh, we hope it was encouraging to you. We hope, uh, hopefully, it spurs some 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 conversation within the family, within um, the body of Christ. If you are uh, part of Re- of of Redeemer, um, you have David here as your pastor. You can reach out to him. You know me. I know you guys. We have a relationship. <laughs> yes, um, if you are listening uh, t- uh, from local churches abroad, we we thank you guys for listening. We encourage uh, you to further interact with these things with your pastors. Um, but we also love interacting with you guys. If you feel like sending us some comments or questions or anything like that, like I said, we love interacting with uh, with with our listeners. Um, we appreciate you guys listening. If you want to catch us on any of the socials instagram facebook or twitter we're at practica pod pretty easy it's the same handle for all of them you can get us online www.practicapod.com we release uh new episodes every wednesday uh which is just kind of your midweek reminder of the previous lord's day sermon and uh, a further encouragement to live out the truths of scripture in a very practical way so we thank you all for listening We'll catch you on the next episode of the Practica Podcast. Have an awesome week.